0: human design just gives us a roadmap to be like, wow, I really need to stop criticizing myself about this thing because actually it's my superpower. And to be able to let go a lot of the conditioning that we learned between the ages of zero to seven.
1: Hey guys, welcome back to Mostly Balanced with Mia and Carly. Hi guys, welcome back. This is a fun episode. We're talking about human design. It's been so long since we've talked about anything in the human design realm. So if you are new to Mostly Balanced, we do have a few episodes that you can go back and listen to, to learn more about what human design even is and get more of an intro into the subject. It's like a tool that you can use to get to know yourself better, to understand why you are the way you are, and maybe give you some tips into. How you can like live your life more aligned with what your career is meant to be or what how you're supposed to approach social situations, make decisions. There's so many different things you can learn from your human design chart. We had one of our like very first episodes was with Katie Calder, who's a human design reader. And that was probably our most like intro to human design episode. And then we've also had a few episodes with. AC Brown, who we love. And I think, yeah, we had two episodes with her. One of them was also like more intro, the other one was about human design and relationships. So those are all great episodes. We can't say, speak to the sound oh, quality of those really early ones. Dana and Shayna. Dana and Shayna. That was the most recent one. Okay. So that was great too. We have so much good human design content. We can definitely <laughs> link it all in the show notes. And today with Emma we went really deep into it and I really loved hearing her perspective. She talked a lot about her own personal experience and how human design has played into her life with her career but also with her marriage.
2: Yes, I really really enjoyed this episode. It was very I felt it was different and so additive to the episodes that we've had about human design. Emma's so established in her career. She's been working with as a behavioral coach and working with people and bringing human design into her into to her work with her clients for over 17 years, I felt like this was a very educational episode. She talks a lot about the science behind human design, which was interesting and something I've never really thought of before or researched. And I also loved just how she brought this back to a lot of tangible examples from her clients, from her own relationship with her husband And I I love it. I love human design. Every time I hear about it and learn more about it, there's so much to know. So I feel like your chart can be a little overwhelming, especially if you pull it yourself. But Emma has tons of podcast episodes, as do all of our former guests on human design. So there's so much to dive into. I feel you can learn the base level of just what your type is and be so validated and understand yourself so much more. But it gets so interesting when you dive into all the layers there are. So there's never a shortage of human design content out there for me to learn from and hopefully all of you to learn from.
1: Yeah, and Emma mentioned that like knowing your strategy and your authority are the two most beneficial things and that you can find that all out on your chart on her website. And then she suggested just using that and choosing which podcast episodes you listen to of hers because she has something for like literally everybody and then just taking it from there and how much you can learn from that. So I haven't done that yet, but I definitely plan on doing it because it sounded like she has... A wealth of information on her podcast. Yes. But before we get into that, we're recording this a week or so early. And when this is released, it
2: will be just a few days after Mia's wedding. Yes. I can't believe I'm at this point getting married in a few days. And yes, when this comes out on Monday, my wedding will have been on Friday. Friday, and I will currently be in Hawaii if all goes well with my flights and everything. If all <laughs> goes well, <laughs> I will be in Hawaii right now in Maui. I am so excited. And yes, I'll be in Hawaii for about two weeks. So we are recording this episode early. It's obviously out now on Monday, the 5th. And then we'll take a brief hiatus, we think for one or two weeks, just so we. I'm not bringing my laptop to Hawaii. I'm taking a full unplug and we're taking just a little break before the holidays.
1: Yes. So you will still be able to see what Mia's up to. She'll be, I'm sure, posting from Hawaii and we'll all be jealous, but we'll have yeah, one week or maybe two weeks that we will not have an episode. We'll keep everybody posted, but we will be back when she's back and we have a lot of great guests
2: lined up. So we can't wait for that. Yes. So, well, we always also like to give some product recommendations. So the two today are pretty relevant to me and my pre-wedding planning yet again. So I wanted to re-up my recommendation for the Peak Daily Radiance Packet. So Carly's talked about these. I've talked about these. I love them. But I've been so religious about taking them in the weeks leading up to my wedding because A, they are great for immunity. They are packed with vitamin C and they're also great for your skin. So it's like the most amazing daily supplement to be taking. So they're the daily radiance elderberry lipsomal vitamin C packets. I just kind of suck them up right out of the packet every day. They have seven clean ingredients. So, you know, you're not getting any preservatives, refined sugar or additives in there. They are great for restoring your collagen levels, combating sun damage. The antioxidants help smooth and brighten your skin from the inside out, which we're huge fans of. And just between the holidays and gearing up for a big event, I need to have lots of vitamin C to make sure I have a very strong immunity. So I've been taking those. So wanted to recommend those to everybody, especially in this winter season when Lots of sicknesses are going around and also wanted to plug Monday swimwear because I ordered a couple bathing suits. One I got for my bachelorette party. I ordered another for Hawaii. I always have a hard time finding bathing suits that I love that fit really well. And Monday swimwear, I feel I just stumbled upon it and I ordered and I really love them. So they fit. It fits me amazingly. I really recommend it. They're very high quality. And right now, I hope that the sale is still going on when this episode comes out, but they are having a Black Friday sale of 50% off everything. So go check it out. Even if the Black Friday sale is not still happening, just check it out because they have, I think your first order, you get 10% off. There's often some discounts and deals. If you order over a certain amount, you'll get free shipping. But if you're looking for a bathing suit, maybe you have a winter vacation coming up. I highly recommend them. 50% 50% off everything is insane. That's such a good deal. Yeah, I obviously ordered my Hawaii bathing suit before Black Friday sales. But- <laughs> Everyone else should reap the benefits. Yeah, hopefully they're still having that when this is
1: released. But yeah, those were such good rocks. I love that peak vitamin C. I do really feel like it helps with your immune system. It's actually funny because you're making me regret it because I just skipped one month of my subscription. Maybe I shouldn't have done that. I feel like now's the time when you need all the immune boost you can get.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but I had a couple of things I wanted to talk about too. First of all, I wanted to talk about my aura ring because I posted about it the day that I got it, which at this point was almost, I think, I believe it was about a month ago. And I have been loving it. I've wanted an aura ring for years. We've had multiple guests talk about how much they love theirs. Colleen Wacob from Mind Body Green, Elizabeth from Sweats in the City. So many people love this ring. It's basically a Mostly a sleep tracker It helps you track some of your your sleep stats and use those stats to basically like plan your day better and optimize your energy. So it shows you how much time you spend in each type of sleep. So how much time you spend in light sleep, deep sleep and REM sleep, and then also how long it takes you to fall asleep, how much you move throughout the night your heart rate and your heart rate variability throughout the night, it also tracks your body temperature. So it predicts like when you're going to get your period, it can also predict when it thinks you might be getting sick, like so many cool features. And then above that, it also is a fitness tracker to some degree. So it monitors your steps, also your heart rate during some workouts, I kind of wish that there was more capability in that regard, like you can measure your heart rate during a run a walk or if you're cycling like a spin class or if you're biking outside. But for strength training and stuff, it doesn't measure your heart rate, which I feel like is, is weird. It measures your calories burned and things like that while you're doing those workouts. But I think it's just still the company is still building out those features it is by far the best sleep tracker like m- so many experts have said it's the most accurate sleep tracker out there and it's helped me a lot because some days i wake up and i'm like i feel so tired and i don't really realize why but now like i look back on my data and i'm like oh it's because i've been moving around so much lately or i have been doing like so many days of heavy workouts and i hadn't really like realized it or it's because i have been not sleeping so well. Like my whole sleep has been like light sleep and not deep sleep and just like things like that. It shows me that I fall asleep like so quickly, which can signify that you're overtired. And so I've been like a lot smarter about what days I'm taking rest days. And I have noticed that it's made me feel like so much stronger on the days that I am working out because I kind of plan that around like the readiness score. Like if I have a high readiness score, I'm like, okay, I can do a harder workout today or like, okay, I can like run and strength train or. Maybe it's a low score. So maybe I just take it easy and go for a walk that day. So I am loving it. I really recommend it. It's definitely like more of an investment, like any fitness or sleep tracker. But I definitely recommend checking it out, especially like for a gift. If you have somebody that you're getting like a bigger gift for. I know multiple people who got this like for Christmas last year and loved it. And it's just like a fun thing. It's a, it's a healthy thing. It's
2: a way it inspires you to be more active. I I really need to order one. I've been in the same boat where I've wanted it for so long, but I just never pull the trigger and order it. It is an investment. And I know you have to like get it, get your ring sized, mm. and then they send you the, the, your, your aura ring. So I need to do it because I, I would definitely need it for sleep. I feel like some days I just wake up so exhausted and don't understand why. So I agree. It just makes you think a little bit more into what you're doing on your day to day that impacts all of those things, your sleep, your workouts your mood I think it's so helpful to just have all that information
1: yeah definitely and then the other thing that's a lot less expensive and just a fun thing that would make a really fun gift for like a friend or a stocking stuffer or anything um I got this I did a Sephora order during the Sephora sale and I got they have like a collection a little set that's just clean mascaras and it's five different mini Mm -hmm. mascaras that are all like different clean brands it's my real effort to try to get a clean mascara that I like because I've tried a few before in the past that I didn't love. I felt like it didn't do much. I really like mascara to make me make my eyelashes look like really long and thick. I like, I don't like one that just like looks very, Subtle, some people might like that. If you do, you might like Ilia because that's the one that I didn't love.
2: Mm. I love Ilia. Yes,
1: yeah, so I, I feel like that's you. You mm. don't like something like really dramatic. The one that I like love that is not clean is maybe it's tart It's in like that purple. Have you seen it mm. before? Yeah. So I have one that I love, but I really am like wanting to be a lot better about clean beauty. The foundation and everything that I use is clean, and I think especially with mascara when it's like on your eye, I just like feel like I want something that doesn't have like chemicals and stuff in it. So long story short, I got this little kit and now I've been trying them out. So hopefully in a couple of weeks I'll have a favorite that I can recommend. But the kit is just a really cute gift or something to get for yourself if you also are in the market for like a go-to mascara. It has, like I said, five different kinds. It has one from a brand calorie. It has the Ilia one in it, one from Say. I don't know if that's how you say that. It's S-A-I-E which I've been really liking their products. This, so far, that's the one I like the best. And then Milk Makeup and Item Beauty, I think are the five that it has. And again, they're just like little minis and it's a good gift that you can get for a friend who is really into clean, sustainable beauty. Um, and you can order on Sephora or if you have one of these that you already like, they have the full size of all of those kinds as well. I feel like I love a little Sephora mini set as a mm-hmm. little gift for friends.
2: Yeah, I just ordered, I just bought a mascara without testing it and I don't like it. So I didn't follow my own advice of always trying a little mini sample before committing because now I'm really unhappy with my purchase. (laughs) So I've just been like using the Ilya that I have already, but I'm in the market for a new one. That is such a good gift.
1: Yeah. I also got, cause I was just like really feeling, I've been like really into skincare like, and makeup and wanting to just like find things that really work for me because I love my Sunday Riley stuff, but I don't have like makeup mm-hmm. and like masks and things that I love. So I ordered a few different types. I ordered like a box of those Dr. Jart masks, oh, yeah. like mm-hmm. sheet masks. Cause it was like a really good sale and those are really pretty expensive masks. And it came a box of like 10 different kinds. And I tried the first one. And again, these are really expensive. And my skin just suddenly had bumps like all over it. So now I'm going to try to like return the kit. I don't know if I can because I used one of them, but I feel like I just don't want to use any of the other ones. does it have vitamin C in it. I don't know. But remember we talked about that with the one Sunday Riley product. And it was right after we talked about that, that this happened. And I was like, it went away the next oh. day and like I was reading all these people that like say like, yo, that's just your skin like purging. But that's like not what it felt like. It felt more like a reaction. Like it was like itchy. I feel like it wasn't purging.
2: Oh, yeah. We were talking about this not on an intro, but we love both of us love Sunday Riley. We use like the all of the products within the All About Acne line and... The one serum that I tried, it's the CEO serum, it's vitamin C. It gave me such horrible bumps and I hated it. And I feel like if you just try that product and you have a bad reaction, it might turn you off. But I really love all the other Sunday Riley and they had an amazing sale that I got. Like I re-upped on my products. I feel
1: like I missed it. Like you said 60% off, but then I looked and it said like 20 or something. Like I think I missed the 60.
2: Oh no. I think it was on, maybe I guess it was on Black Friday. I got that, the retinol. Oh my God. I got the retinol serum for literally 60%. Was it just the retinol though? Because when I looked like one product was
1: on like a 50 or 60% off and the rest was 20. But I was just saying this to someone like, when brands like this have sales and like, I feel like this is just anybody can relate to this who use has a product, any type of product that they use, like religiously, if I just bought it, I'm like, I don't need to buy that. Like I just bought it, but then like, I'll run out of it. And I'm obviously going to get it again. So like, why not stock up when they have a sale? So that's like, I have to be smarter about shopping because then I'll buy like ten clothing items that I don't need but like like things like right. skincare and stuff that I know I'm gonna need again. I'm like hesitant to order when I already have a full stock.
2: yeah when I bought that, I'm like, why didn't I buy two of them? If they're six yeah. percent off, I know I'm going to use it again and again so yeah. I need to be smarter with my spending right now. All my spending like has totally gone to all wedding and summer stuff. I haven't gotten anything for fall or winter. I feel like with all the sales and all like season changes and you see all like fashion on Instagram and people's recommendations, and then you're bombarded with emails and everything. Like you feel like overwhelmed that you need to buy all this stuff. And I actually, I really recommend Bethany Holmes. We've had her on the podcast before following her because she talks so much about conscious shopping and conscious spending and investing in basics i feel like we all might need a little bit more of that reminder and thinking a little more mindfully about spending because i like we were just talking before recording like it's so overwhelming i feel so stressed about all this stuff that i were marketed and i feel like i need and do i need not really
1: yeah i think she has a course too about like getting rid of things in your home that you don't need Mm -hmm. anymore So yes, definitely recommend her as well. But yeah, so hopefully you guys love this episode. Before we do get into it, we always like to pick some cards or answer some listener questions. I think we're going to do a solo soon. That's like all listener questions. So let's pick some cards today from our actually curious deck. So I think all my decks got Mm -hmm. mixed up. So I don't know if this is the original or culture or happy hour, but we'll see. Okay. Interesting. This is an interesting mix. The first one is what is guaranteed to bring you happiness? The second one is, these are all kind of deep. What's one thing you would change about the way you were raised? And how do you love? I guess we can answer what's our love language. Mm Because we just kind of talked about that on our Instagram.
2: Yeah. What brings me guaranteed happiness? Yeah. Definitely traveling. Mm -hmm. I feel like I cannot be in a new place or on a trip trying new things and just not be happy. I love traveling. And also on a more basic level, just like being around family and my friends, like we, it was just Thanksgiving. And I feel, I looked at Dan at one night when my house was chaotic. There was all my nieces and nephews and all my three sisters and their husbands and my parents. And the house was just like full of people, but it just, I looked at Dan and I'm like, I'm just so happy right now because I I love all everyone here. I just love when everyone's together and a holiday. I know I'm, I'm really close with my family. So maybe not everyone would find that situation to be guaranteed happiness, but I am grateful that I do. So I love that.
1: Yeah. Honestly, I feel like I have the exact same answers as you like definitely traveling for sure. You guys know, I love to travel. That's always one of my favorite things to do. And uh, I agree. I'm always happy when I'm doing that, no matter where I am, as long as I'm just experiencing something new. So maybe just like new experiences in general. Mm. And then also time with my family. I thought the same thing over Thanksgiving. And I'm so excited to have everybody together over Christmas. I also think really good meal, <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> like going out for a really good dinner or like trying a new restaurant. Like I just like literally love food me going too. over to like a friends or family members for dinner, cooking food, like everything food related. I just literally love. So it's guaranteed happiness for me. And then in terms of how I love, so I I'm just going to think about this as love languages. We posted a couple of weeks ago, gifts for every love language. And people loved that post. I loved it too. <laughs> Cause like people like different types of of gifts. We also did a poll that day to see what people's main love language was. And I was just looking at the results of it. And we didn't, you can only give four options. So we couldn't put gifts, but we actually only got like Mm -hmm. a couple people replying saying mine's gifts. Mm -hmm. We had the majority of people. It wasn't too much of a big difference, but definitely the most people said quality time. 36% Mm -hmm. of people said quality time. And then 26% of people said physical touch 20% 20% of people said words of affirmation and then 17% of people said acts of service. Mm. I think I'm, I'm, I answered this actually from my personal account and I answered physical touch, but I'm, they're pretty close physical touch and quality time.
2: Yeah. My, I feel like I feel all of us probably love all of them <laughs> in some way, but yeah. Right. Feel like like words, like words of affirmation. Them, I love that. that too. Is, I think of my number one. And then words of affirmation probably next.
1: I guess I was just answering it in terms of how I like to receive love Mm -hmm. though. And the question was, how do you love? And I think how Uh, I love is with words of affirmation for sure. Yeah. I don't know how I give love. (laughs) You don't like compliments. So it's not (laughs) words of affirmation.
2: I feel better. I was just in the case episode, I mentioned that I like don't give Dan as many compliments as I should. But I, I, yeah, I think I, I give my love. Through. I feel like it's gifts for you. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> or quality time. All
1: honestly, all of the I guess all of them because it just depends on the person you're with like cuz people like to feel love yeah. in different ways. Exactly. I just think like if I'm complimenting you that's like I don't just like even though I love to compliment, I don't just like randomly compliment people. So I feel like it is really like a way that I show love if I'm giving you like mm-hmm. a true compliment. So even if you don't even like plan on looking up your chart, I think you're going to get something from this episode because it's more so just like about how to
2: be more aligned and live a happier life. Yeah, I agree. I really liked when Emma said there's like the version of us that we think we are and then the version we actually are. So it really gets you thinking of like, how do I if I had to describe myself, if I am I describing like the things I'm aspiring to be or like what I actually am? So it makes you really think about the qualities you have and your strengths and leaning into that. I think she said something like about your superpower, like what you might think is not mm-hmm. like the ideal quality or like the ideal way to get something done. Like that's unique to you and that's actually a superpower. So I love that. I really liked this episode. I think you all will as well. Yes. Thank you guys so much for listening. We will be back in
1: one or two weeks and we can't wait to catch you up on everything with Mia's wedding and
2: hope you guys have a great week. Welcome back. We love today's topic and we can't wait to dive in with our guest today. So we're joined by a human design coach who's been studying human behavior for over 17 years and has coached thousands of hours to help her clients own their power, expand their confidence and discover their true authenticity. So welcome to Mostly Balanced, Emma
0: Dunwoody. Thank you. Thanks so much for um, for having me. I'm super excited to be here and talk all about human design. Thank you. I've been looking forward to this all
1: day. I feel like it's a topic that Mia and I could talk forever about, so we're so happy to have you on. We always like to just have our guests tell everybody listening a little bit more about themselves, so can you tell everybody
0: where you're from, where you live, and then a little more about what you do? Sure, sure. So um, I live in a beautiful place called Byron Bay, in Australia. It is this little piece of heaven. Um, we actually, fun fact, it's a place where three like energy ley lines come together. Ooh. So it's wow. it's really well known. It's, lo- it's known all over the world for being a place of healing and connection. And, you know, everyone walks around in well the locals you know a lot of us just walk around in bare feet and eat organic veggies and you know live for the, the farmer's market like it's that kind of environment are you working for australia because you've pretty much <laughs> sold me on moving there yeah, it's a beautiful place right you know it's yes. that thing like i want everyone to come you know it's a beautiful part of the world it really is and um yeah, I feel grateful as, as an Aussie because I've travelled so much and I've seen so many amazing places and had beautiful experiences. And I always look forward to coming home. So I think that that's such a sign that you know I'm lucky to live where I live. And what do I do? Well, I my background is I'm a behavioural coach. What does that mean? It really helps. Pe- I help people to connect into that great greatness that lies inside of them uh, to really you know live a life that is. Designed for them or aligned to them to actually discover how they're designed to succeed, how they're designed to be in relationships, how they're designed to make money and make their impact in the world. So I've now had my business for a number of years. It was very corporate. And then when human design came along, which was a very serendipitous story, but as it sort of appeared in my life, I made a promise to the universe that I would bring it into all the work that I did. And as I did that, and I just listened to my strategy and authority, like everything just expanded and amplified. So yeah, I'm sharing it with as many
2: people as I possibly can now. I love that. So that's so interesting. Human design came after a lot of the behavioral coaching that you had previously done. So when you you said you discovered human design and you started to bring that in, how similar was that to what you were already doing? Yeah, great question. Um, so I actually am like
0: certified and I work with a number of what we call personality and behavioral profiles. Okay. So people are going to know things like Myers-Briggs or disc profiling, um, anagram is big at the moment. So I was doing a lot of that. And when human design came along, my only hesitation was that I had to ask for someone's you know time of birth. And I was like, They're going to think I'm crazy. They're going to think it's woo-woo. But by this stage, I'd very much come to, I'd I'd healed my own mental health because I was diagnosed with depression and panic disorder at 28 um, and told that I was going to have to live with it. And that just wasn't an option for me to the point that I'd considered taking my own life because if I was going to live this way, it wasn't worth it. But that really sparked this journey of understanding happiness, the brain, behavior. That's what sparked me to become a master coach. And on that journey, what I discovered was that the more I read about whether it was neuroscience or human behavior or psychology or quantum physics, that metaphysics and spirituality, they, everyone's saying the same thing. So I suppose by the time human design came and I'd kind of made this big promise to the universe, I'd sort of said like, I need some, a real obvious clue here because I've healed my mental health. I've healed my marriage. I have two amazing kids. I have a business that I love. I've retrained. I've done all these things, but there's still something missing. And when I sort of said to the universe, like, just be obvious, show me exactly what it is. And human design was the thing that kept coming. It was that moment that I had to be like, okay, I just have to fully run this experiment, go in, do it and start sharing it. And as soon as I started sharing it with my corporate clients, their results. So when we do a behavioral profile, we answer it with the mind, right? Because we answer questions. And you know, if you have a good facilitator, then the facilitator, and I you know, like to think that I'm a good facilitator, we're going to get you to try Um, to be accessing the unconscious mind as much as possible, as opposed to answering from the conscious mind. But still then there's this gap and this gap is called cognitive dissonance. And that's the gap between who you think you are and who you really are. So when we're doing profiling tools, they can be really close, but there's still this big gap. Now, the difference with human design is because at no point does the mind answer a question. It's actually taken from a mathematical moment in time, which is your birth and actually three months before you were born. At this moment, we all have these subatomic particles that are moving through us all the time. Again, it's science, it's proven. There's a big facility in Japan that studies these things called neutrinos. And what happens is as they move through our body, and especially at the time of birth, they just leave pieces of things, planets, the sun, the moon, and this is how we actually get our reading. So it's very scientific. It's very proven. And what actually happens is that cognitive dissonance, that gap, it's so minimal because we're not answering any questions by the, for the mind, but what we're starting to see is we'll see our truth in our design. Now, what we most often discover when we first come to our design is that we're just expressing it through the shadow. What does that mean? We're expressing it from our fear state as opposed to our love or higher consciousness or these higher states of being. So human design just gives us a roadmap to be like, wow, I really need to stop criticizing myself about this thing because actually it's my superpower and to be able to let go a lot of the conditioning that we learned between the ages of zero to seven. So That's how I've kind of used them together and that's where I think human design really amplifies the ability for us to pinpoint, you know, um, who we're designed to be, where we're expressing our shadow and where we can actually make better choices so that we can express the higher themes and energies that live within us.
1: Wow, I feel like you just verbalized so much of what I loved when I first heard about human design, like the fact that it does, I don't know if I want to use the term like validate, but it does make you understand some of the things that you might have thought were like, not good things about you, that you were kind of criticizing about yourself. And then when you realize that that's just the way that you're designed and you start to embrace those things, I feel like it becomes so helpful. So can you give some examples of what that might
0: look like, what it's looked like with people that you've worked with? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, well, one of the the classics. So for me, I grew up thinking I was lazy and inconsistent. And keeping in mind that because we operate, 95% of our behavior comes from our unconscious mind. And I have had these beliefs, I'm lazy and I'm inconsistent. So what would happen is that I would go down a road to do something that I enjoyed, but at the first fall, the first time I didn't follow through on one day, I would criticize myself and then I would say, well, I may as well quit. Um, and, and actually what human design gave me is I'm a manifesting generator. I'm a non-linear being. I am not designed to pick a career and stick to it. I would rather poke myself in the eye than that. <laughs> and I remember going through you know, like school and going to the careers advisor. And they're like, you've got to pick something. And, and I was like, I do not, I can't, like, I can't pick one thing. So I'd criticize myself for these things and being lazy. And again, in my chart, I've got an undefined root center. So I would just been conditioned by the world around me because I didn't fit into that box. So there's so many places where we'll be criticizing ourselves, you know, like projectors, they're gonna be criticizing themselves because you know, they're busting their asses and they don't have enough energy and they're tired all the time and they can't keep up. And no, actually that's your gift. So there's so many places within our design that we're actually criticizing ourselves because our design doesn't fit into the conditioned society. What, you know, what we're saying, what we want everyone to understand is we wanna blow up conditioned society. There is no such thing. Human design is the, the science of differentiation. And when we actually start to really connect to our truth and our uniqueness, that's when we love, trust, and accept ourselves. When we love, trust, and accept ourselves, then we can only create a world that reflects that. So yeah, it's really beautiful ways that we can start to see that, oh, wow, that's my superpower. It's not actually something wrong with me.
2: I love that. I'm a projector. So everything that you just said about my type really rings true. And. It's interesting to think about all of that. And I encourage everyone to learn about this and think about it because like you said, our work schedule and how we're encouraging 18-year-olds to pick their career. Like all of these things that are just, they've become the norm. It's how we operate through school and work and going into a corporate office. I mean, that's changed slightly, but so many of these very standard norms that we all are just, if you don't fit into this box, you're not excelling. Other people will rise above you if they can keep up and operate in this construct that we've created. And it's so important to th- know these differences and realize that it's not just like so cookie cutter because there's a place for all of us to operate and work in the way that we're designed to.
0: Yeah. And I love what you just said. If, if you don't mind me responding, this is the thing. There is, there is no competition. Mm. And that's what human design really brings to us is like, you can't, you can't miss out. There, no one misses out. Like you've come here to live your dharma and then to, you know, experience your karma. Like you've come here to do those things. So there is no competition. And when we start to wake up to that and we start to wake up, like, especially with the projectors, you know, um, go slow, do less, receive more. When you can trust that, it's magical. You know, I think about one of the girls that um, she did my mastermind a couple of years ago and probably a year ago, or I think it was about a year and a half ago on my podcast. I was like, I really want to do a transits podcast each month, but I can't be bothered. Like that is not my jam. Can't be bothered. I've got too many other things that I'm doing. So I reach out to her and say, is that something that you'd like to do? So literally I'm giving her an invitation because I recognize her brilliance. And so she does the transits podcast with me every month. And so she's never had to market her business a day in her life because, you know, my, my podcast is huge. So this is the way we're designed to work together with human design. Like I have the energy, I want to build it, and I want to bring my, my soul fam and my business people in. So when we can trust our design, then it's okay and we let ourselves off the, the hook that maybe we don't, some of us don't need to spend all this time on our business. Some of us can have those more serendipitous invitations that um, mean that they can get their brilliance out in the world. That's what human design gives us the power to do.
1: Yeah. Wow. That's so interesting. And it's funny because when you were talking about your own design, a lot of it was ringing true to me because I'm a manifesting generator and I've had so many different interests. And when I have like been in one career path, I just ended up switching companies so many times and like moving within that career path because like nothing was really fueling the fact that I like, I really thrive off of doing a bunch of different things and learning about a lot of different things. And I don't do well. When it's like a fixed schedule and a fixed path. And I didn't really understand that about myself until I learned my Mm. human design. And we've gone like a little bit deeper into it in terms of the other aspects of your chart aside from just your design type. But can you talk a little bit about that? Because I know you mentioned, I don't remember which center it was, you said that was undefined for you, but I know I have a few and I'm curious to hear more about what that
0: part of the chart means. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, sure. So one of the things that I think um, trips people up with human design is type. Because type in itself, um, the only things that really matter from type are strategy and authority. Okay. Everything after that, it's good, but you know, don't hang your flag on it. Like don't live by it because what actually matters is your definition and type the way that we determine type is definition. But And when we talk about definition, definition is whether we've got a colored in center or we've got a white center. If we've got a colored in center, then that means it's a consistent, reliable energy. It's who we feel we are. It's how the world receives us. This is the energy that is influencing the other. In our undefined centers, this is where we are taking in the world. We are being influenced by the other. It's where we also have our empathy um, because we can really feel the energy of the other. So, when we understand what's defined and what's undefined, we can really start to understand our energy in a way that, you know, if you've got a lot of open centers and, you know, you um, go into a crowded place and all of a sudden you're exhausted, it's probably because. Um, you're taking on other people's energy as as your own I mean imagine um, a projector with lots of undefined centers or a manifesto with lots of undefined centers or a reflector as a kid they're living in a house with a lot of bigger energy let's say they feel all that that energy and they think it's themselves so they make up stories they create belief systems and and meanings and all of those things, which means they hold on to other people's energy. What we need to understand is that where you have an undefined center, this is where real compassion, like it's such a beautiful part of the chart. And way too many people teach, like be afraid almost, be afraid of those undefined centers because that's where people are, you know, toxic people are going to overrun you or something. And that's just not true. What it is all about is like, this is where you feel into the world. So you can make a choice in any moment. And the choice is you can Let's say you move it, you walk into a room with someone and all of a sudden you feel really emotional and you've got an undefined solar plexus. You can choose to say, Oh, I feel sad. The moment we say, I feel whatever, I am whatever, boom, it's attached to our identity. Okay. So therefore it's ours to do something with. If you instead walk into a room and say, Wow, that person feels sad, all of a sudden you're in compassion. It's not yours. You're experiencing their emotion. But there's nothing for you to do about it, and when you feel that energy that way, then you can also let it pass as fast as it came. So this is why I think it's super important to actually understand your definition because like for me, I have a defined throat. so when I speak, I'm speaking in response, I'm a manifesting generator, i have a um, a direct connection from a motor to the throat, so I'm here to speak. But as I'm speaking, I'm not sure if it's landing. The way I know if what I'm saying is landing is got, has got so much more to do with body language and what I see, whereas someone who has an undefined throat, as they're speaking, they know if their words are landing or not landing. So an undefined throat, they'll often talk a lot. Um, and the old school knowledge is like, you need to not talk. And that is absolutely not true because an undefined throat is reading, you know, oh, it hasn't landed. It hasn't landed. Boom. Okay. Now it's landed. So yes, they need to be in response. Yes, they need to, you know, make sure that they're um, speaking from their authority, but we all do, whether we're defined or we're undefined. But this is what's really important to understand because in our definition is where our superpowers really start to show themselves. Are there certain
1: centers that are like very often defined and very often
0: undefined, like more common? Yep, absolutely. So number one would be the sacral because 70% of the global population is a generator or a manifesting generator. Um, So that's probably, you know, the most common, if you like. The next is the solar plexus and the solar plexus is almost 50% of the population. These are the two that probably have the biggest influence and they have the biggest influences in, you know, the sacral energy is what's building planet Earth. You know, it's this energy that really it gets inspired into action, and then it builds the things that lights them up, right? So it's having a massive impact. Now, when someone has an undefined sacral and they're around that energy, you know they can borrow that energy. Like I know for me, for my my husband, he loves to. Um, his desk is always also in my office, and he loves to when I'm in here working. He loves to sit in here as a um, he's a splenic projector. He's only got two defined centers, and he can just like you know roll off the back of my energy and really enjoy it. However, if you're a, a non-sacral being, so manifester, projector, or reflector, and you're in a corporate environment, you can also feel like, because you're not choosing to be in that energy, you can also feel like you can't get clarity. You can't focus on what you're doing because everybody else's big sacral energy is influencing you. That's one of them. And then the solar plexus. I feel like the solar plexus is the the real doozy. It's also here teaching the, the human race, if you like, a really, really, really important lesson right now. And that is how to feel. Because once we learn how to feel, then we're going to let go of the way we experience emotions right now. Because emotions, we actually feel a lot of the time, you know, they're, they're, what's the word? I don't want to say out of control because that's not, not what I mean, but they're indulged in. Okay. Um, a lot of the time they're either indulged or repressed. What we want to do is we want to learn to get to a place where we just feel our emotions. You know, Ultimately, trauma is unfelt emotions. So when we learn to actually just feel what we feel, so as a defined solar plexus, you're always going to be feeling some sort of emotion because you're in this mechanical wave. But you don't have to give it a meaning. You don't have to say, I feel this way because you can just be like, I'm in my low, I'm in my high and just be aware of it. Whereas The undefined solar plexus, same deal, especially like if you grew up in a family where there was a lot of emotion and you've got an undefined solar plexus, you probably get called emotional and you're not emotional at all. You're actually amplifying everyone else's emotion and reflecting it back. Um, And on your own, you're probably out here trying to like fix your emotions and there's nothing to be fixed. Just let go of. So I feel like these are the two that really have the most significant impact, whether they're defined or undefined, they're the ones that are having the most impact right now.
2: That's also interesting. And we've had so many conversations about how your type and all of your defined centers can play into maybe what we talked about, like your career or bouncing around in different subject areas or the way you work. But through your explanation, so many things have come up that tie so well into relationships, like letting a toxic person kind of get under your skin or influence you or reflecting the emotion of someone else when it's not really yours or taking on the emotion. So when you're maybe looking at people that are compatible or not compatible in dating, are there certain parts of your chart that you would look out for Mm -hmm. or if you are looking at your own chart in comparison to a partner, like what might you want to look at to keep your eye on or pay more attention to? I love this question. And the first thing I want to say is there's a lot of
0: old school talk about, you know, certain types go together. I think there's even an app out there at the moment that says this type goes well together and this type doesn't. And I really just want to call BS on that. Okay. Cause it's not true. Ultimately at the end of the day, wherever your strategy and authority, when you're in alignment with that, if they take you to a person, there mm. is a lesson to be learned here. Because if we all go around not meeting the, the, the bad relationships as much as the good relationships, then how are we going to become the person that we need to be in the inverted commas good relationship? So at the outset that I don't believe that we, you know, it's like the star sign thing. Do certain star signs go together. Like I definitely know that a lot of my friends, as a Piscean, I have a lot of Cancerian and and I think it's Scorpio friends, right? Yep, that's, that's a thing. But my husband's a Capricorn. So first and foremost, I want to throw out any hard and fast rules. Wherever your strategy and authority takes you, if you're truly in alignment, so you're operating from um, your truth, not your pain, not your shadow, then that's where you need to go. Now, the next thing to understand is that When we're in relationships as human beings, we see the world as we are, not as it is. So what happens is when we get in relationship, we start a relationship and oftentimes we're attracted to the other because of our differences. And in human design, we actually call these the the electromagnetics. So we'll have gates. Um, within our design, that we just have a hanging gate. So the gate's activated, and then our partner will have the other gate in the channel and they come together. And that's called an electromagnetic. And how that feels is sparks. You know, it feels pa- like passion, it feels like excitement. And what it actually is is two opposites coming together. And oftentimes there's a number of channels in the chart that when these mm-hmm. chart when you first meet and these these electromagnetics come together, it feels amazing. However, over time. They are still opposites and they start to butt heads. You know, the things, you you know, that saying that you hear, like the things that first attracted you actually become the things that annoy you about your partner. So human design can sort of point those things out. The other thing is we we have harmonic profiles. So my husband and I have harmonic profiles. And what that means is that I'm a 3-5. So in, um, to try and keep it as simple as possible, we have the, the six lines of, profile they're actually called the six lines of the hexagram the one the two the three they're what we call the lower trigram and then the four the five the six is the upper trigram so if you imagine one two and three four five and six they can actually kind of work together so so number one and number four they kind of know each other number two and number five they kind of know each other they're harmonic. Number six and number uh, n- number um, three, they kind of know each other. They're harmonic. So if you have a harmonic profile, then it can feel, you know, that can feel easier in a relationship. Now, there are other ways that our energy works together in relationship. You know, we can have friendship channels or we can have dominance channels. We can have all of these sort of things. And I actually had an old schooler who um, said to me once, you know, Uh, If you have anyone, if you get into a relationship with anyone and make up the channel of struggle or they have the channel of struggle, watch out, don't get in that relationship. And I'm like, hang on a second. That's, that's my relationship. You're talking about my relationship. And as a behavioralist, I'm like, that's just a belief. That's not true. So of course I went and ran the experiment. I was right. It's not true. We do have the channel of struggle. I have the gate. I have one, I have the gate of struggle. My husband has the entire channel and all i had to understand was that that gate of the fighter energy i can either let him be dominant with that or i can just choose like oh that's not my fight it's not my fight and you know i can also help redirect him are you fighting for something greater or is this worth fighting for because you know like he'll get annoyed about little things let's say so there's always a way to work with the energy in a resourceful way now there was something else i wanted to say about relationships so the other thing that's really important about relationships that I think human design is the ultimate game changer in relationships is that if we see the life the, the world as we are, not as it is, and when we go into relationships, they are our greatest mirror, so they're just reflecting back who we are in a relationship, and then we're given a person's design, all of a sudden, we can get rid of all that conditioning, all of that unconscious behavior. We can literally let it go because we're like, oh, I know how I need to be with this person. Let me give you an example. So before human design, I was um, at home with the kids. I had retrained and certified and started my business. I was running my business part time. I was being that that typical support role. Uh, my husband had the big corporate job. Now, when um, human design came along and an opportunity came along for him to take a, a retrenchment package, and I was like, my sacral and my um, solar plexus were like, you can do it. You can replace his income. So I was like okay, I'll do it. So what we actually did is we flipped everything. I was like, okay, well, you need to be the primary carer for the kids. I'm going to invest all this time and energy in the business, you know, whatever. And this was very in align line to our design. As I said, he's only got two defined centers and I've got, I mean, I've got four and I'm an MG. So all of a sudden we flipped the business. We flipped our relationships in ways like he knows that I need to be informed. The kids need to be informed because that's our strategy. We're MGs. We know that he needs an invitation. All of these tweaks happened within our relationship and now we have that relationship that everybody wants. Like we've walked to the edge of divorce twice and human design, like really living our design, gave us the opportunity to heal ourselves so we're now two people, two whole people choosing to walk through life together, which is very, very rare. So I think that human design is incredibly powerful because we can actually you know, the golden rule, like treat people the way you'd like to be treated. But this is actually treat people the way they need to be treated. It's a very different, you know. So I think it's incredibly powerful.
1: Yeah, I could not agree more with so much of that. First of all, when you were talking about those like hard and fast rules, whether it's with astrology or human design, I can't remember who it was, but we definitely had someone tell us once, like to Mia, because Mia's a projector, and then they heard that Mia's fiance is a projector and they're like, oh, two projectors, like that's not good. And it kind of plays into so many of the things that we believe in terms of relationships, like outside of human design, like the fact that what's important is that you're living to your best ability and you're being your full self. And like you said, you're a whole person. So it's not about what sign or what type you're compatible with. Mm -hmm. It's more about like, are you being compatible with your own design and being that full version of yourself? So then you can be with someone else who's also living by their design. So We kind of like have flipped it like that, and I love that you that you said that and that you've seen that in your own relationship. And then you went into talking about relationships being a mirror, which was so funny because I was like thinking that in my head that that's the biggest thing for me. That in the past with people that I've dated, I always find that the things that drive me crazy about them are the things that like I need to work on in myself, or the things that like I love about them are like those are things that like I actually have and I'm bringing to the table myself. So it's like you can kind of use the, those relationships, whether they work out or not, to teach you things about yourself and about like kind of areas that you might be able to improve or lean into. But what you were saying about you and your husband specifically, was so interesting to me because, I mean, you said that you've, you got close to divorce two times and then that you guys have like really worked on things and become these full versions of yourself. So, were there certain things in your chart that really like made you realize, aside from like flipping your whole dynamic in terms of like who's working and who's at home more and everything, what about like yourself Were things that you had to work on and that you had to like build out?
0: Great question. Um, so one of the things, again, because I'm a behavioralist, everything that I was looking at was through the frame of, of that, you know, like well, if this happens, then I should that, you know, um, if he does this, then he's, you know, crossing a boundary or whatever. So I had all of those sort of behavioral templates, if you like. And one of the things that was really fascinating as I went through this process was I'm an emotional authority and, and an MG. So I've got the sacral as well. And he's splenic. Okay. So his authority is his spleen. And one of the things that we both chose to do was just listen to our authority. So at one stage, my head is screaming, "Leave, get out, run, go away, just I'm done." You know, like all of those things. It's screaming it, and and I've got a line three. So, um, line threes find it really easy to run. They find it really easy to quit because they know they can start again. They love the adventure of starting again. They have no problem with because they want to break and in this case, remake. So it was like I was ready to break it. I was ready to do those things, but from the mind my authority was constantly like, "Mm -mm, just wait, just wait, just wait. And what was fascinating, so I always talk about the solar plexus is like, because people get frustrated. What do you mean I have to wait? You know, like, especially in my case, I'm a manifesting generator. I have like the fastest channel in the entire design and I've got emotional authority. So I'm, "Mm," you know, I want to, I want it all done yesterday, but I'm like, wait, wait, wait and the solar plexus it's going to take us to the quantum leap. If we can be patient with it and we believe it's possible, then then we wait for that clarity. The moment we get that clarity, then the potential is we can quantum leap from where we are to where we want to be. And that's what happened. You know, like we went down this road. I was just like just just waited out, just waited out, just waited out. Um I knew I'd literally drawn my line in the sand. I knew you know what i what i wouldn't wouldn't do i was having all we having these really like adult conversations about it and all he needed was that time and i think it was even you know a really short period of time like maybe a week or two and then all of a sudden everything flipped and the same deal for him because he was just listening to his intuition his head was telling him all these other things um you know because men most often they run from 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 relationships and families because they feel like they've they've broken it they they can't they can't fix the damage that they've done and many times they haven't done much damage at all, but they really, you know, oftentimes women think that they're just, they don't care. But usually men leave because they think, well, I need to just cut cut my losses and start again because I've made a terrible mess of this. And one of the things that, that he just, just giving him that time, he actually was like, right, oh my God, I'm all in. And that was the moment where he, you know, made that decision and not from the head, from that spleen, from his body. It was like, this is what I want. And if I want this, then I have to, you know, I have to go through my dark night of the soul. I have to face the the choices that I made that I'm ashamed of or guilty of. And, you know, this is all his conditioning and his shadow work. And he went through and did all of this stuff. So that's how I think that that's the biggest thing with human design, like, you can get really excited and enthusiastic and go down all the rabbit holes and learn all your gates and channels. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, if you just follow your strategy and authority, it's going to take you to the best place for you. And in relationships, you know, other than if it's risking your safety, then, then go. But if you've got that, that, that little window where you can just trust your, your strategy and authority, then do it. You know, I have another friend who um, our kids went to, started school together. They, same deal, they kind of, her and her husband just one day kind of hit the wall and both of them, and she's obviously into human design as well. And she was just like, my sacral says, no, I'm not even interested in working on it. So they just separated. They did a great job of it. um, And she's found her soulmate. So this is the thing. We want to take away all these rules. Like you have to do it this way, or you have to fight for that relationship or whatever, because it's going to be different for each and every person. So when we trust ourselves and we trust the universe, that's when we get the results we really, really long for.
2: Hmm. That's so interesting. All of it is. I mean, I think one, it's so cool that your husband is, I imagine he's super into human design too, and so willing to understand himself. I'm thinking of this in the lens of my own relationship where. I'm sure so many things could be solved or improved. I feel we both want to work on our relationship, but if my fiance was more into knowing about his chart, there'd be a lot more that we could probably work with and understand about each other. I can, in a relationship, especially if you're trying to navigate the conflict or challenges you're going through, you can only do as much as you can. Like I can understand my chart. I could follow my authority and all of that, but it does sound like a lot of the times you really both have to be on the same page there as with many things.
0: Well, can I just, if you don't mind me jumping in, one of the things that I would say like this, I hear this all the time, you know, Mm -hmm. like one half of the relationship is into it and the other isn't. So one of the things that I always recommend is, well, just have a look at his chart. What does he need? Well, being a projector, he needs to be seen and recognized. So are you mm-hmm. and the masculine, the highest need, the highest desire of the masculine is to be appreciated. So you need to see him, recognize him and appreciate him. And often women are like, oh my God, really? Do I have to say thank you for putting the rubbish bins out? Yep.
2: I do. do. It. Because if I've you want this. to have a great <laughs> relationship. <laughs> design. I've learned this. That is a hundred percent true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: So as a projector, as he's a projector, like if make sure you're inviting him, inviting him in, you know, invite him into the conversation, invite him into human design. And the invitation might look like it'd be awesome for you to, I I would love you to learn this with me or, or whatever it might be. And also make sure that you're recognizing him. You're recognizing the value that lies in him. You know, that's something that watching the difference in my husband, a lot of it is me just literally Listening to him, like actually saying, Oh my God, yeah, I never thought about it that way. Um, and giving him the, the, the microphone, you know, like giving him the opportunity mm. to be seen and heard and, and his wisdom received. And then when he feels better, you can say, Well, that's your design. I'm actually, you know, I'm using your design to help our relationship. And if you give him, because men are very, the masculine is very results driven. So if you can show him results without him even having to do anything, mm-hmm. then that's when you, you'll you start to see the shift.
2: Yeah. So helpful. And I mean, I'm, I'm dying to, I have obviously looked at my own chart and understood it, but I've only looked as far as knowing his type. So I would love to explore that more. You also mentioned soulmates. Is that something that you have a strong belief in? I think we both were curious to hear your thoughts on soulmates yeah. and what that What that means to you and a little more about that. Okay.
0: So, I, you know, soulmates is this area again for me. It's kind of a gray area. I love, I love research. I love evidence. I love those sort of things. So, soulmates for my entire life, I feel like I've danced around. Now, through the frame of human design, now I have a lot of experience and through this frame of soulmates. Now, one of the line numbers in particular, the line six. So, if you have a line six in your profile, they are looking for their soulmate. Okay, they are on planet Earth to find their soulmate. Now, that's not to say that the rest of us aren't or can't or whatever. And I'm a three five and I've definitely found my soulmate. Now, the line six is always looking for something special. They're always looking for something special. So oftentimes it takes them time to find that. Or, like in our case, because my husband is a line six, in our case, they have to go through their, their significant healing journey within the relationship. And that can be really challenging because they will tend to project all of their insecurities and all of their stuff onto their partner and on a line five. So it's like a double whammy on that. So the line six is always looking for something special. And when they find that person and a line six, you know, I spoke to another line six this morning. We had the line six panel in my membership, which is where we get, you know, the lived experience. We had, I think like eight people talking about their experience of being a line six. And sometimes that looks like three significant relationships throughout their life sometimes it looks like you know you get together early and you just have a bumpy ride sometimes it looks like you know heaven on earth from the word go but at the end of the day the line six is here to look for something special to find something special and often it'll take time because the line six you know patience is really important because they're they're here to vision a new world they're here to see things in a new way so they have to have a bunch of experiences to create wisdom before they can they can see that new world so from, and being the person that is in that relationship with um, a line six, they they definitely, it's almost like the line six does a lot of their devotion through their relationship. You know, their relationship is so important to them. So that's my experience. And I do believe, like outside of human design, I definitely believe that there are they're soulmates. And I think if we look at charts, oftentimes it just, you know, the way charts come together and outside of being like a romantic soulmate, because I do believe that we have all sorts of soulmates and human design also talks about, there's a part in my chart that it talks about, or in everyone's chart, there's a part in, it's our design Jupiter. And this is kind of like how we call in our, our soul family. And there, this is more aligned to the work that we do and the business that we do, but it's really how we call in our soul family. But you can often see how charts come together where things really overlap. Let me give you an example of this. There um, is a part in our chart where we find our core wound. Okay. And so, Taylor, who runs the entire back end of my business, I always say, like, you do realize you're the CEO of my business, you are the CEO of the future. You have to run everything and just like, you know, just farm me out wherever I need to go. And, you know, I hired her through human design, strategy on authority, a manifesto told me about her. Like I just literally did all the things and followed the the dots. Now, when you put our charts together, her core wound is my personality sun. You know, how our charts together connect through my incarnation cross gates. Like you can actually see how these two charts just serve each other, these two humans through their energy just serve each other on a much grander scale than just working together. So oftentimes in our charts, like another one with my husband, let's say his incarnation cross is the cross of obscuration, which is all about bringing truth to light. You know, capital T. My highest value is is truth, is honesty. So a lot of you know his incarnation cross has played out because. The reason I have this now I look back at my childhood is that there were lots of, there was lots of untruths and obviously on some level I knew that. So you can see how maybe they're soulmates, maybe they're not, but you can start to see when you look at the charts of the people around you, like, wow, I can see how this is why we came together. This is why we came together. This makes sense. So that's really my experience with soulmates. I wouldn't say I'm an expert, but that's my experience. First of all, I want, how do I know, how do I know which lines I have? Like, how do I know if I have a line six or a line three? Um, so what's your profile number? Five Do you know two. Your profile? Five two. Yeah. So you. So that's that's where you'd have the the six. So your profile is a six. Uh, sorry, a five two. So that doesn't mean that you're not here to find your soulmate. I mean, I'm a three five, um, and I and um, Justin's a six two. It'll just be a different journey for you, and especially like the two five, One of the biggest challenges in relationships for you is that you have what we call a double projection field. So oftentimes what's going to happen for you and the biggest challenge for you is that people are seeing their wound in relationship in you. So they project onto you what they're afraid of, um you know, who they're afraid, you know, all the shadows that they're afraid of showing. They're going to see it in you, they're going to accuse you of it. Um and you necessarily you can be like where did that come from? Like where did that come from? And there's going to be some sort of puzzle piece that you're calling you know that you have that matches that and that might be somewhere around low self-worth in a relationship or, or um, you know, maybe it's, I don't know what it is, but something. So there'll be some sort of puzzle piece, but what will happen, what will be challenging with your profile is the fact that people are constantly projecting their wound onto you. I'm a line five as well, and it can be really, really challenging. Um, so you've got to learn not to take it personally. It's their stuff and they're projecting their stuff. And you're going to know when you start getting to that point that you've healed your stuff. When people, let's say you um, meet someone and they say, you know what, I'm actually, I'm afraid of commitment. And when they take responsibility for their fear, then you know that you've done a lot of healing on you because when you haven't done the healing on you, the way that's going to look is you're afraid of commitment. You know, they will they'll project that onto you and they'll say, you're afraid of commitment, da, 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 make all these excuses. And you'll be like, oh my God, that's not me. I don't know what you're talking about. That can be (laughs) the challenge with having that. And the line two has a projection field as well, but it's different. It works the other way. It's more about your talents. So people will say, oh my goodness, you're really good at this. You should do more of that. Um, I'd like to see you do that. Can you help me with this? So it's different. The line five can be the challenge. The line two is really just calling out your talents. Mm, Interesting. And
1: when it comes to like, if somebody's listening to this, and they're just like wow I feel so even if they're not like even if they don't know much about human design and they haven't even looked at their chart if they're thinking they just like feel so out of touch with like who they really are supposed to be versus like how they're living what are the best steps you can take to really like get to know who you
0: truly should be oh I love that look at the end of the day it's the human design is an experiment this is this is really, really clear. One of the things that unfortunately, way too many people are turning it into a dogma, and what I mean by that is they're saying, "Well, if you're a projector with this profile, then this is who you are, and that's just not true at all. Um, from the word "go, the voice, as Ra called it, that when he channeled all this information in, and very complicated, intricate mathematical information. like it's you know there's there's no doubt that this was something you know, of higher consciousness. This was not this man that brought it in. He, he definitely challenged, channeled it. One of the most important things we need to understand is it's an experiment. So what you want to do is you want to get your chart and then you want to learn about it. You know, the first thing you want to always do is learn your strategy and authority, because at the end of the day, if you just practice your strategy and authority. So for example, if you're a manifester, your strategy is to inform and initiate If you're a generator, your strategy is to uh, respond. If you're an MG, it's inform and respond. If you're a projector, wait for an invitation. If you're a reflector, give yourself 28 days before you move ahead with something. You know, give yourself time. And when you start to do that and listen to your authority, whatever authority it is that you have within you, um, then you're automatically going to be starting to come into alignment with your design. Now, from that place, what I always recommend is the easiest way to do it is if you go to my website, you can get your free chart, then jump on the podcast, which is the human design podcast. And you can just go through each episode and start to unpack it. What I want everyone to understand is like, as you start to get curious and you're playful and you're excited it already integrates. It's already shifting and changing. One of the other things that Rai used to talk about is like, if you just show your kids the picture of their design, it's already integrating. So really have fun with it. Experiment with it. What works for you? What doesn't work for you? That's what's important. Because when you start to trust yourself in the universe, you become the guru because no one else is the guru. No one else has the answers. All the answers you need are inside of you. Now there's going to be times that you need a strategy or you need an expert or something like that, but your strategy and authority takes you to that person instead of your mind saying, Well, I want a business like this person, so I should go and spend money with them. Uh-uh. Your sacral sends you there. Your spleen sends you there. Your your sounding board sends you there. Whatever it is, that's the way you go about it. You go internal first, then external and have fun with it. I think a lot of people get really stuck in, I need to know all my channels. I need to know all my gates. I need to understand all my centers. What's my incarnation cross? Oh my God, now I'm into the gene keys. And it all gets really, really overwhelming. It's a lot of information. It's very complicated. You know, one of my missions is to make it simple. Everything for us is HD made simple. Because there's a lot of extra that you just don't need and it just overcomplicates it. And then the brain goes into overwhelm and all overwhelm means is lack of clarity. And then you you miss the magic. You you miss having the, the opportunity to really live your truth. Um, and oftentimes there'll be parts of your chart that I know for me, I think it took me, I'm going to say like even three years to realize that I had the gate 53. You know, I... I would see it, I would read it, I would unpack it, but it never sort of sunk in. Then all of a sudden, it sunk in. And I was like, that's weird. But again, it comes back to the fact that this is an energetic blueprint. So is it weird? Of course it's not. It's aligned to greater consciousness. It's something higher than ourselves. So obviously, that wasn't important for me to focus on right then and there. So it's, again, building that muscle. Trust yourself, trust the universe, then go external for everything else that you need.
2: That's so helpful. And I love that it's fun and it's easy. There are so many resources on your site, like finding your chart and then listening along to the podcast episodes. That's an amazing resource. I think I definitely need to do that because again, I have such a surface level understanding of my chart and I've had several conversations, but never a full deep dive. But if someone does want to work with you, what does that look like? Are you taking on new clients? How do you coach your clients and what capacity is there an opportunity to work with you one-on-one? Yeah. Amazing. Thank you. Thanks for asking. So
0: everything that you need to know is at emmardunwoody.com or on my Instagram, which is the human design coach. And ultimately, once you've got your free chart, you've listened to the podcast, if you're ready to invest, There are ways you can do. I do unpack sessions. They're not readings. I'm not going to sit there and tell you who you are. But what I am going to do is I'm going to ask you some really important questions about how you want to transform your life. And then I'm going to go through your chart with you from that point of view and coach you through it and help you. However, I really think, I mean, I run masterminds. We won't launch another one until next year. There's a lot of ways because I'm an MG. There's lots of ways that you can work with me. But really the best way, if you're ready to invest, you come and join HDX. So HDX is my membership community. There is nothing else out there like it and basically all the knowledge all the information is in there and we run what we call panels so in in real life experiences so we've got all of the types all of the centers all of the profile lines all of the authorities like actually lived experiences we have guests of all sorts of different um, other modalities whether it's um you know psychic tarot we've got um, um akashic records we've got intuition like all these other teachers that come in there And at the end of the day, it's the most divine supportive community. Again, that's actually part of my incarnation cross. I'm really here to build a diverse community that supports each other other to really transform their lives. So there's a bunch of ways you can come and join the community. So yeah, thanks for asking.
1: Cool. Those are some of our favorite things. I love it. It all sounds so interesting and just so supportive. So we always
0: like to close just
1: with some advice. So can you tell everybody listening what advice you would give to your younger
0: self? Oh, I love that. You know what? It's the advice I would give my younger self is just believe it's real. Believe in yourself. You know, I know that from a very young age, I knew that there was something greater in me. I knew that I wanted to have an impact on planet Earth. I knew that there was something magic about me. And I also knew that I wasn't special. I knew that we all felt this. And I went through a really long journey. I hit rock bottom. You know, people talk about hitting rock bottom a day, a week. It was seven years for me where I was considering taking my own life. One of the really big things that, that I would want my younger self to know is just believe. Believe in everything you feel on the inside. Because one day you will discover that it is absolutely true and you can access it. And in fact, it's not just about you. It's about the planet. You know, I didn't have that struggle just for me. I had it so that I could help other people heal their mental health, you know, so that I could actually have walked in people's shoes. So I get it. I know what it's like. So yeah, I think the biggest piece of advice is just believe in you, believe what you feel, believe that those dreams that come from somewhere deep inside, they are true and you will create them. I love that advice so much. Thank you
1: so much. This was all so interesting and so helpful and hearing like your specific story and some more things about like real life examples about your life is really, really helpful because I feel like it just helps people realize that like, you're not the only one dealing with these similar types of issues and that you can come back from struggles, whether it's in your relationship or your career or whatever it is.
0: Yeah. I love that. It's my design as well. You know, this is the beauty of human design. Like I'm a line three people want to hear my experiences. They want that. So it just helps me be more me. So thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Thank you. This was
2: so great. Thanks so much for your time.